Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That's me. With me, as always, Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on, man? Oh, oh, lots going on, Mike. You know, it's Friday. You know how we do on Fridays. We, you know, we get who we got today. You know what I'm saying? And, and also, yesterday happened. Yeah, uh, Brandon brings up a rich and compelling point. So we do have Stu Gotts back. We went two straight Fridays with my dad, Mike Golick Sr., because we had the golf tournament. We had our reasons. Stu Gotts is back. The Lazy River is here. Although, I will say this is a Lazy River with a little bit more direction than usual. Just because, like you said, yesterday happened. And if you, like, decided to do a social media detox yesterday or slept for 24 hours because every year on June uh, June 30th, you have the grand annual sleep (laughs) off where you sleep for 24 straight hours in a protest of having to be alive on Earth right now because why wouldn't you? And you're waking up this morning and you're like, man, what what happened yesterday? What are you talking about? Brandon, I don't even know where to start. The apocalypse. It felt like that because, like, we're we're you know now in July. It is July first as of the you know, as of the release of this podcast. Oh God! Oh my goodness! I choked. I choked on a chip. <clears throat> I talked about doing that thing yesterday where I go to the grocery store and then eat everything. I bought this giant bag of garden sauce of sun chips and I just Ooh. absolutely housed them right before we started recording. And I had the littlest chip that just undid my throat there. Do you remember when sun chips were like the the healthy chip? Oh my god, yeah. When, when it I first did, came out. Bro, when I did pro day training, they used to give us that and like uh they used to give us that as with part of the meal. So I always like in my brain internalized that as oh, that's the good chip. Bro, harvest cheddar. Whoo! Speak the harvest on it. cheddar? Speak on when, it. When uh, when I remember when I hit the streets, I was like, Oh, 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 this is a good hidden this is a, a best kept secret. You don't know about this. Harvest Cheddar, when it first came out, was like a new band that you heard at someone's garage party, and then you watched them slowly <laughs> climb the ladder, and now they're unrecognizable. You know, it doesn't hit the same because you had it I so think, much, and everyone knows it. I think if I'm, uh, you know, carbon dating myself, I think uh, Harvest Cheddar and Maroon 5 
had the same uh, ascension to, to relevancy at the exact same time, if I remember correctly. Songs about Jane and Harvest Cheddar hit Subway around the same time. Bro, I'm so thrown right now just because I was listening to songs about Jane driving around yesterday out of nowhere. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what sort of microchip you've got in me, but it's freaking me the fuck out. We we be on the same wavelength, but and also that is a fantastic, fantastic, fantabulous album. Oh it's my god, real, really incredible Deep cuts stuff. On so, that one. so from a, from choking on a chip to Maroon Five, a love story of the Gojo <laughs> podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and review it wherever you get your podcast. But Brandon, the the yesterday that we were talking about happening yes. was a two pronged attack. It began early in the day as we heard announcements and reports start to leak out. And I want to go all the way back to who first broke this news. I have to pull it up tweet right now. John Wilner of the Pac-12 Hotline, who is, as many people around college football have said in the last 24 hours, one of the trusted voices when it comes to news in the Pac-12. He was the first to tweet out, the news that USC, the University of Southern California, and UCLA intended to leave the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. And just like processing the images of that that people started to conjure up, processing the words coming out of someone's mouth that two teams from Southern California would be joining the Big Ten conference footprint that now stretches from sea to shining sea... All of it threw everyone for a loop, and Brandon, then it very quickly became real. You started seeing everyone reporting on this. We saw yesterday both schools on their official websites put out the news on this. It is 100% now that the USC and UCLA will be joining the Big Ten Conference, I believe, in 2024. So we had that on one side, Brandon. Then, not long after that, as NBA free agency was getting ready to hit at 6 p.m. Eastern on June 30th, we got the news from Adrian Wojnarowski that Kevin Durant had apparently demanded a trade. He had walked in and told Josiah, the owner of the Nets, directly that he was requesting a trade. They were going to work on that with um, Rich Kleiman, his business manager. And so we had major, major conference realignment in college football, followed by the Brooklyn Nets, who we said yesterday on this podcast, well, Free agency won't be all that interesting. The Kyrie thing kind of got put to bed. All of the things we thought were going to happen, it was going to be lackluster. How stupid are we now getting ready to watch Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant potentially still derail this thing in Brooklyn? They're not done. They're not done. Kyrie's opting in. It was the beginning of all of this. And I want to say, I'm not going to toot my own horn and say I was like, oh, I was right because what I was right about is, is very generic. I said... Be ready for the unexpected. And I think this is the tip of the unexpected iceberg that Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn. And then you hear reports from, at least Bleacher Report posted this. I uh, know this was a Woj report that Kyrie and KD continue, still want to play together, just not in Brooklyn. It's like, it's not you, it's me from the all-stars that, that is 7-Eleven uh, for Brooklyn, like I, it, it makes no sense. I actually feel like this was 
suspected a little bit when you kept hearing that KD was not talking to the Nets at all during any of this since the offseason. Like uh, a whole ass Letterman interview with KD came out in between him talking to the the Nets and and now he's asking for a trade. I kind of I kind of love this. I kind of love it and I don't think this is one of those oh he'll just end up with the with the Brooklyn Nets at the end of the day thing. Like I think he's seen enough just like he saw enough with OKC and Sam Presti. Yeah, no, I think the Kevin Durant thing is very real in the immediacy. And we recorded the interview with Stu Gotts a little earlier. So there's already a couple of things from that that are going to sound a little dated, which includes Kyrie Irving now. We heard it bantered about by some people that the Lakers and a reunion with LeBron James is a possibility that's being spoken of. The idea that Kevin Durant apparently wanted Kyrie Irving to get a long-term deal with Brooklyn. And that was the one thing we talked about a lot, Brandon, and I talked about a lot was this is about keeping Kevin Kevin Durant happy and if you don't you are going to have to reap what you sow and right now there's a lot of reaping going on by the Brooklyn Nets who watched him opt back in Kyrie Irving not giving him what he wanted and Kevin Durant respond in kind so that threat became very real all of a sudden and now we're going to discuss a lot of those teams Brandon but that to me shines through in all of this is the Brooklyn Nets thought that they could stand here let this play out. And we thought they were on the precipice of getting a win with Kyrie Irving going back in. And instead, they have played themselves. They might be able to get some strong stuff in return, especially for Kevin Durant. But it's still going to pale in Paris in comparison to having one of the, on any given year, top three players in the league roaming your sidelines. Yeah, and you said the one thing that they didn't want to do is, is kind of fade back into non-relevancy. Uh, to basically just be another ir- irrelevant team in the NBA. Like I said before, they've been there before. They'll go right back to it. And I think they will have a team that's semi-interesting. But now uh, it's the Brooklyn Nets. It's the borough that has to decide if they're going to continue to bandwagon fan root for this team that doesn't have any all-stars on it anymore. And honestly, I'm mad that I even started with this. Like, I know we're going to get to the USC news, but, like, that's what I'm actually pissed off about. And I think I'm avoiding it because this is easier to talk about because it means less to me. But this whole this whole debauchery, I think we asked the question before, is there any coming back from the way the Nets have handled Kyrie's situation uh, and James Harden, uh, for that matter? And I think KD has spoken no. Yeah, that's a very clear answer now. So the Nets get to try and clean up the mess that they made. And you're right. We will get to plenty of that in the conversation with Stu Gotts here. We'll give you a rundown of what else happened in NBA free agency and who got paid after that fact. That was obviously changing fast and furious. But Brandon, the situation in college football with USC and UCLA, I think is fascinating on a number of levels because I think the questions that come now that we know the Pac-12's biggest brand we talked about this season and I said this on a radio interview with someone the other day they asked and we're talking about the alliance remember the Big Ten the ACC and the Pac-12 coming together banding together against the SEC after being jilted would the alliance benefit the any of those conferences specifically the Pac-12 heading into 2022 and I said no probably not because they hadn't been aggressive without a conference scheduling we thought that's what it was hold tough in the expansion conversation and then maybe get yourself some big time out of conference games 
And I thought, you know what? The thing that will actually help the Pac-12 is Lincoln Riley getting USC back up, firing on all cylinders. The biggest brand traditionally in that conference, the rising tide that would lift all ships. And instead, what we had happen is George Klyevkov now has to look, the commissioner of the Pac-12, at Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, who... Listen, this didn't just happen today. So clearly, USC, UCLA, and the Big Ten had been in conversations prior to this. And now, one of the commissioners of a conference inside the alliance has to look at a commissioner of the other conference that was inside the alliance and go, what the bleep? Like, what just happened as they were fleeced for the biggest brand and UCLA in their conference? And... The alliance now proves to be a laughable farce in it coming together for any goal other than to stave off current playoff expansion for the meantime to get through that rough patch there, and now is completely undone, Brandon. So, well, I, I, well, I, before before you go deeper, I think this is consistent with alliances. If you've ever watched The Circle on Netflix, if you've ever watched Survivor, if you've ever watched any of those competition show, shows. Alliances are based on survival, and at the perfect and right time, usually the smartest player, the one who ends up winning, cuts that alliance off right when they, right when the other one needs them the most, and it's most beneficial for them to cut ties. That's exactly what USC is doing, and they bring in their favorite cousin, UCLA, along to the party. And you know what? I can understand it from you because the number one thing that this is going to go back to, Brandon, is so many people looking at this and trying to render a judgment right away. Is this good or bad for college football? All signs of this point to major realignment. The Big Ten and the SEC continuing to sit high above everyone else when it comes to the money coming in from TV rights deals, the power players that are inside these conference walls, and what happens going forward. Because now that Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC, and now that you've got USC heading to the Big Ten, you feel like you've got two major conferences. You've got a power two and then Everybody else trying to figure out where they sit in this right now. And I don't know yet if I can say whether like the good or bad for college football thing to me, Brandon, I think is skewed by, and we'll get to the Notre Dame factor in all of this because Notre Mm. Dame now is the major domino sitting in the middle of all of this. And we will give you our thought on that and what we believe we can see out of this situation. But I think, honestly, me growing up a fan of an independent team has kind of made this a little less jarring in the way that I'm perceiving all of this. Because, I mean, college football has been in a constant state of flux essentially my entire life, right? Like, our adult lives, especially from the 2000s on, have just been, you know, waves of conference realignments and reshuffling and the way the game has changed as a television product going from the pole era to the BCS era to the college football playoff era. College football has continually become a more and more national game, moving away from a lot of the regional right lore that made college football great for so long and that's why this map of the current big 10 is so jarring for people but i look at it and say all right yeah i'm kind of used to teams acting in their own best interest notre dame going out and being able to do what it wants as an independent securing tv rights deal making a schedule as it sees fit 
and still finding a way to be involved in the playoff picture. And everything from the time we stepped on campus, Brandon, and the number one thing you'll hear is a Notre Dame recruit or a player there is, it's all about winning national championships. We didn't have a conference title to worry about. That stuff did not matter. And mm-hmm. now it's being made more and more clear, hey, that stuff only matters so much. We talked about this relative to the Big 12 the other day. It's about what you can secure TV rights-wise. It's about making sure you've got a viable path to the college football playoff because we have seen when a conference like the Pac-12 is kept out of the playoff for a large number of years and doesn't feel like that conversation. When you're not in front of as many eyes in TV deals because of the way that you've gone about that, it gets to a point where you have a brand like USC that is desperate enough to make a decision like this because it looks around and sees all the signs that if they're not acting now, they may get left out of whatever comes next. Yeah, but those type of programs are, they set the tone on what's next. And that's why I think I'm a little bit perturbed to it now. Immediately so, I may be a novice uh, when it comes to a, a true college football fan from, you know, since I can remember to right now. So the moving and the alignments and, and all the changes is actually kind of still a little bit unsettling to me. But as a Notre Dame alum and former football player, I felt like I liked the fact that we didn't need a conference. I liked being independent. I liked standing on our own two feet. I liked the fact that we got our, you know, our annual money from our NBC deal and we kept it moving. I liked the fact that ESPN was slow to show our highlights because they didn't want to put the little NBC uh, courtesy on it. Like I, I, I liked how we were operating on an island and we didn't need anyone else so much so that it was kind of I didn't really love when we went to the AC, ACC for all the rest of the teams and obviously we know hockey and lacrosse is in Big Ten uh, territory, but. I, I really do think that it shifts everything for – I don't know if it's the better or worse, but, like, for me, like, uh, transfer portals, NIL, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, this shit should have always been happening. Like, players should always be able to be paid. Players should never have been uh, punished for going to find a better opportunity in the short window that they have in college football to try to make it to the NFL. But now, this is it's changing in a way that I didn't – think it needed to change and therefore I'm slow to uh, be rah-rah and like, oh, like this is a great move for college football. This is amazing. I do recognize that it's turning into a national brand, college football, CFB, turning that into a national brand. But how national is it when the two regions that are always at the top are going to stay at the top and it's just we have some satellite West Conference, uh, Western states and Western schools in the mix too. Like well, I, I understand. And, and, I understand. This is a. I know we're like five years away from just being two big conferences, the SEC versus the Big Ten, and everything. But I just think there's too many college football teams to to do that. Like it's it's. Well, it, I don't I'll, know. I'll it say, doesn't I'll, sit, it I'll, doesn't I'll, sit I'll well with me. I'll say this, Brandon. I'll say this, Brandon. Okay. I'm not saying it's good either. I don't know if okay. it's good or bad at this point. But I know college football change is a built-in and constant part of the model. I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know if it were five years away. This all definitely feels much like everything else with the pandemic. It sped up what was probably always going to happen in a lot of walks of life. College football, it appears to be that true as well. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's it's good or bad, right? It's what you enjoy about college football. And 
I think for me, the reason, again, it's it's less jarring for me right now is this is really just drawing in pen what we've already seen in pencil for a long time, right? There have been a lot of dividing lines in college football, man. The Pac-12 and the West Coast have largely been left out of recent years, especially in the CFP era. You've yeah. seen only a handful of teams really with the resources to compete at the top level. Like, all of that is already indicated what we're seeing here, which is those top money-making teams that control a lot of the gateway to the college football playoff and the big-time games at the top, looking around and assessing the situation and saying, hey, we want to make sure we're getting all of this money that's still out here for quality teams like us. And that's, to your point about the players, Brandon, is well-served. This is why we've been banging on the table for the players to get what they want for so long, because it's that old... The get like gambling PSA. I learned it by watching you. Like if you're wondering where the right. players got the idea to Man. go where they want freely and to make sure they are monetizing to the best of their ability, look fucking up. Like yeah. look up at all this shit that's going on right now and has been going on for as long as I've been watching college football, which is all of these schools chasing the bag that's out there. We talk about it relative to the coaches all the time, but these institutions aren't immune to it because make no mistake, this is a money move. Like when you look yeah. at what com- what's going on here, 2024 as the date. And if you want a lot of really good like inside college football information, Split Zone Duo. I have no problem recommending that podcast, that Patreon. Those guys do an outstanding job of covering this down to the absolute molecule. But one of the things you need everyone needs to note is 2024 is a TV date. The Big Ten's media right deal expires after the 2023 season. And so you are going to have a, an, I mean, the numbers being bantered around right now for this end with a B. Like the numbers mm. being bantered around for that TV rights deal end with a B. And it was already the conference. It was them and the SEC that were paying out more in the way of TV dollars to their member institutions than any of the other colleges in conference football. And so you have a chance to get those pockets even fatter right now as you move into the future. And so, Brandon, that's a money move. So whenever anyone bitches about the players going out and getting what's theirs or the fact that player mobility is making the game less palatable for them, no, no, no. I hope this is a dose of cold water and cold reality that it has always been what exists at the levels above the players that is going to change your sport. However you view it, for the better or for the worse, it is always going to be happening at that level. And having thinking the players have the power, the ability to affect it to that level was always a fool foolish idea yeah I mean I, I agree with you there and obviously we're talking about these these coaches that make big moves but you know these programs as well as you, you mentioned just a, a real life example within the last 15 years that 10 years that we can point to is when Michigan switched from that maize and blue to Adidas and that that yellow in uh, blue and then now Jordan like they're they're up for sale for a long time with their license like we grew up adidas at, at, at notre dame and we were talking about banging on the door trying to get i don't say better equipment but foot different football cleats the different football apparel you know adidas i think services the soccer community very well um but and now we're under armor school and 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 no one's looking back like i think that level of mobility is one thing the conferences, Big Ten, I, 
Notre Dame cutting ties with NBC. Like, well, this we is all things we that we, I didn't. We, we don't know that's happening, by the way. Like the Notre no, Dame, I know, I know, Notre, I know. But I'm saying these are these the are things that I'm ready of, for. I don't think. Well, so the Notre Dame portion of things in all of this becomes fascinating because now, as we sit here. Looking at the situation we talked about, SEC and Big Ten, major position of power right now. We don't know if the Big Ten's done acquiring teams. We don't know if the SEC might eventually dip another toe into that water. But we've got those two conferences sitting there. You've got the Big 12 that just absorbed those four new teams, bringing over Cincinnati, Houston, and those couple of other teams to offset the loss of what you had with Oklahoma and Texas, or try to. It's still not going to be enough to get you to where you were brand value-wise. So for them... TV dollars start to look like that's going to take a hit. The Pac-12 looking around reeling, probably wondering because it sounds like everybody was pretty shocked out on the West Coast that this happened inside the conference. And so now you're going to have a lot of other teams with a decision to make. What do teams like Stanford and Oregon do? There's a lot of people that think those are calls that could be made to the Big Ten to see if they might be up for mobility here. You've got the ACC, who you look around there, man, if I'm Clemson, Taking mm. a long, hard look around at what Ooh. this might look like here. Miami's probably in that same boat. Florida State's probably in that same boat. And so you've got all of these brands starting to look around wondering what the future looks like. And that's where Notre Dame comes in. Because this, to me, is fascinating. Notre Dame has done a masterful job. Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, has done an unbelievable job of making sure that even though they're independent, Notre Dame has always had a path toward the championship. You might mm -hmm. say it's slim. You might laugh when Notre Dame gets there, but they've got a voice in the room. Jack Swarbrick is the only athletic director in the country who also operates as a conference commissioner. It is the ten power, you know, is the ten conference ads and Jack Swarbrick in every one of these damn meetings. And right now, hell, outside of Greg Sankey, he's the most tenured man in college sports at that level, based on Ooh. all the change and volatility in the Power Five commissioner jobs. And so, Brandon, we look up now, and there's so many people that are wondering. If this is not the time for Notre Dame to move into a conference, then when? Because, and I saw, I think it was Pete Sampson who covers Notre Dame really well over at The Athletic. And he's right. This Formerly is always Rivals.com. <laughs> back, back in the day. <laughs> he said, this is what it's always been about, Brandon. TV partner, access to the playoff, home for the rest of the sports on the Notre Dame roster. And... He's right about that. And really, I think it was always making sure they were going to be able to make money off the TV deal, which I think is not going to be an issue if Notre Dame wanted to stay independent or not, but also a path to the playoff. And right now, while we know expansion is not going to happen in this iteration of the CFP's contract, it's coming eventually. Too many important people have talked too loudly about expansion. And the models that we've seen for that all still provide Notre Dame an avenue to make their way there. So, Brandon, would you be disappointed at this point if Notre Dame did decide to join a conference? Is that what it sounds like coming from you? No, I, I do feel like it's they're being pushed at this point in time. And it's like you said about USC. It's like you either make the move first or get pushed into the decision or, you know, be surprised on the back end. Like, I do think that USC put their future in their own hands by deciding to make this crazy move to basically de-regionalize uh, college football. And I because Notre Dame is already a university that's not really seen as a regional power, uh, as a regional university, as a, re a regional school with all the different athletic uh 
programs and departments there. You know, I think I'd have to shrug my shoulders and, and be thankful that it wasn't the ACC at this point. If that makes sense. Like, oh, how about I say this? I'll say this. If they join a conference, I think it'd have to be the Big Ten. And with that, I'd be just thankful that it wasn't a lower conference in the eyes of the of the people making the decisions for, you know, the college football committee, playoff committee, which I think they'll you gotta look sideways at ACC. ACC is the new American conference at this point in time, in my opinion. I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I if truly, this keeps if this keeps going, well, Brandon, that, in twenty twenty four, they definitely will be. That's no. Well, first off, no. If it was long, if Miami and Clemson are still there, if those big brands and all that are still there and they're playing competent football, they won't be at that point. But I do think what you're talking about is true in that the ACC is right on the tip, right? They're right on the edge of this, and that's where yeah. Notre Dame comes into play. If Notre Dame were to declare fealty to the ACC in football. TV deal instantly becomes something they could probably talk about reopening in a major way and make a lot more money. That is a national brand that still has the chance to make that conference a place where some of those teams that might have jumped ship now might go, all right, we'll stick around because we're going to be able to pull in dollar amounts that are a lot closer to what we were talking about. If you're the Big Ten and you could sell USC, Ohio State, Michigan and Notre Dame as conference matchups to your television partners. To quote uh, that guy from Entourage, is that something you might be interested in? Like, either way it swings, Brandon, wherever Notre Dame goes, the price of the brick is going to go up. And so I think that's why Notre Dame's in an interesting sure. spot where I don't think they're being forced at this point. Because I don't think we're at the point yet where they're boxed out, not by the playoff structure or anything like that. Because again, we still haven't agreed on what expansion looks like for them. Eventually, and Stephen Godfrey of Split Zone Duo that I mentioned before has been saying for the last year plus, the super conference thing is coming. One conference to rule them all with the top teams in college football, essentially doing their own version of like what the live tournament was going to look like. Bring the top brightest, pay everyone really handsomely, have that be it. What English Premier League soccer has wanted to do with that super league they've batted around, however you phrase it. Yeah. But until that point when Notre Dame is squeezed out there, I don't think right now they're forced to do anything. I saw some reports out there that might indicate otherwise, but I don't believe that. I think those might be people from conferences that would love Notre Dame to feel like, hey, you've got to make this decision now. But I think especially the way Notre Dame's positioned at this point and the recent success they've had, the fact that the brand is still, while it's not a national championship winner or contender every year, it's been a playoff contender more often often than not in this era. And that counts for something when you've already got the history that that university does. Notre Dame is sitting in a really good spot right now. I wouldn't, this is what I'd say, Brandon. I don't expect them to make a move here immediately. I think they can afford to take their time a little bit on this. I wouldn't... Like, losing the independent status at this juncture wouldn't bum me out all that much. I know a lot of people think that that's like a core part of the Notre Dame identity and that we love holding that over people. And it's fun sometimes to shit talk all you guys because you get so damn mad about what we do and how we move. But I would say this. If you told me Notre Dame looked at this scenario and said, you know what, 
it might not be happening right now, but we kind of see where this is all trending. And the security of knowing we're going to be a part of one of the two, one of the two conferences that'll probably be left when the game of musical chairs stops. The fact that we can add even more money to our pockets with the way it looks like this TV rights deal is shaking up for the Big Ten. The fact that you bring up the other sports, and that was the other part that Pete brought up, regional footprint-wise, geographically, makes a ton of sense for a lot of the other Notre Dame sports. Notre Dame hockey already plays in the Big Ten. Big Ten lacrosse has come up in a big way with Ohio State and Michigan and programs like that emerging in recent years. They had brought Johns Hopkins in as sort of the legacy program of note in that sport. Basketball would work out pretty well. Like You can look around there and say, all right, geographically it makes sense for a lot of sports in that window you've got so many we talked about it with Jess yesterday natural rivalries or games of note in that conference and so I feel like I wouldn't I wouldn't feel badly about it if Notre Dame said hey we don't want to risk down the road being left out of this playoff picture if things change pretty drastically this is a spot that satisfies a lot of needs that we have let's go ahead and do it that way so we can all eat off this and we can know where our meal tickets coming from in the future not only financially but as it pertains to playoff access well let's go back to something else you just you said earlier the fact that that 2024 date is set because it's the end of the TV contract deals with the Big Ten, correct? Yep. I guess that's that's resetting. Well, one of the reasons why Notre Dame has some time to make its decision is Notre Dame's deal with NBC that goes through 2025. And, you know, they get, was it, $15 million annually from that. And obviously, I think you you know you those contracts you, you get bought out of them, and it's not uh, as as like set in stone. But that's the cushion you have if you're Notre Dame. Sit back, see how things are playing out. I think like when you have Jack Swarbrick in the rooms that he's in, he can make the decisions uh, or help guide the ship of Notre Dame of where the football program should be to get another national championship since. 1988 I, I think that's exactly where we want to be but I don't think that Jack Swarbrick can or how about this can Jack Swarbrick put the um can can Jack Swarbrick put Notre Dame football above all the rest of the schools at Notre Dame conference wise just just to help the football team out because obviously yes. the football team is bringing enough revenue in so everyone's eating off of it does that make sense for the the university yes I think it makes sense in a ton of ways. Like academically, it certainly makes sense. Like you can sell that mission in a conference like the Big Ten too. I saw Nicole Arbach talk. Uh, Nicole Arbach from the Athletic talking about how important that was relative to even USC and UCLA coming over. So it satisfies all that, mm. and it's a good point, Brandon, because considering the rest of that is appropriate to an extent. And I saw a lot of people asking questions about. Well, what happens to the athletes from all these schools in the Big Ten that now have to fly out to Southern California? We talked about that a little bit. You know, we will with Stu Gatz also, but at the end of the day, none of that's making the decision, man. Like, they, they don't care all that much. I mean, shit, like even 2012 when we played in the, the undefeated season, we played like six or seven night games that year. We were getting back at bumfuck o'clock in the morning, having to turn around, get our bodies back right, figure out a way to go back to class and do all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's only ever mattered so much, man. This is – let this 
moment lay bare the game to you if it hasn't always been clear. These are decisions that will be made about the money in football and to some extent college basketball, but mainly it's going to be college football and the dollars attached to it driving these decisions that are being made. And let's not forget the fact that Notre Dame and Big Notre Dame football and Big Ten football conference has been tied for a very, very long time. Like this is just the, another uh, example or iteration or you know excuse to continue to have the conversation that everyone in college football, especially everyone in the Big Ten, has had for a long time. Because let's call it what it is, the Big Ten has been licking these chops trying to get Notre Dame to, to fall into the fold for a minute now. And now Notre Dame is the bell of the ball. Now Notre Dame's yeah. got plenty of people looking at them hoping they're going to come there and choose that. And I, I don't say that, like, this isn't from a place of arrogance. Like, I, I'm talking objectively because, like, I, I've had other people and seen other people that I trust talking about what a great leverage position Notre Dame is in right now. And once I kind of pulled back off the immediacy of what's happened, I, I believe them to be right. So Notre Dame would have to, you know, contend with buying their way out of the ACC for the other teams in there. There would be that penalty. Most conferences have them. And so that would be a number there. But again, all of this is kind of offset by all of the money that is out there that could potentially be had if that's an option. So that's going to be a huge crux of things. I'd imagine we're not done with this conversation for the next couple of weeks. I would be shocked if there are other, aren't other dominoes that fall, but I don't think Notre Dame is going to have to be one of them anytime soon. I think where they're sitting right now, they can afford to look at the landscape, try and figure out how to make this situation best work from them and operate accordingly. But there is no doubt, like college football changed a lot last year when Texas and Oklahoma surprised us like this. Um, it felt, you know, feels like almost a year to the day or close to that in that range. It has changed yet again now in a way that, you know, there's not a lot of going back from. Like, we are very clearly on the march to the cream of the crop all getting together and deciding that. And what the rest of college football looks like outside of that, I, I don't know. I don't know what the other teams in college football end up doing or how that looks. I hope there is still a place for them there because I enjoy watching every aspect of college football, but I don't pretend to believe now that every team of the 128 FBS teams that laces them up has a legitimate shot to win the title. I don't believe playoff expansion, bringing 8 to 12 to however many teams you wanted, was going to mean we had 8 to 12 legitimate title contenders. But that's not the only reason to play the sport, and it hasn't been for a while. And so I hope part of that is able to persist, but we are wading into the unknown right now, and so I won't go too far in trying to predict what happens. I mean, yeah, you can't. You can't. And I, I, I'm not happy about how fast everything is changing. I almost just want to kind of rip the Band-Aid off and just get to it, but the way I've been able and everyone's been able to adjust to this, the new college football playoff system and how everyone's ready to add more teams and continue to, to shuffle this deck that is what we know and how we understand college football to be, come on. NFL just added an extra game. They're going to continue to tweak with things. Like, I just I just want it to be I just want I just want a status quo for X amount of years. Like once these big changes come, put a, a stipulation. Nothing can change for the next three seasons, please. Good luck. I wish you well in that endeavor, Brandon. <laughs> I wish you well in that endeavor. 
We'll keep you guys posted. We'll take a break. We know there's a lot to digest here. When we come back, we will make digestion a little easier with our friend, Stu Gotts. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust and it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again with no refrigeration required. So, trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to Seed.com slash Gojo and use code 25GOJO to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. Yeah, boys. What's hey, going Stugatz. On? You see, you're a little bit late, and all of a sudden, Kevin Durant news happens. Boom! How about that? There we go. <laughs> Amazing. Everything well, coming up Stugatz, baby. That, yeah, that's why I always say it's always better to be late. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> always. Oh, my God. And no, listen, God's timing God's timing is perfect. And so is Stugatz's. Yes. I'm assuming we're just always rolling, Mike, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. ABR, never. always be rolling. That's the number That's the number two rule in the Stugat school of broadcasting. The number one rule is all payment is due up front. Yeah, yeah and cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 80-20 in cash is wild. I, what? Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was going to say, I saw, uh, God, what was the other the headline the other day? One of like the members of the royal family tweeted something about how he's no longer taking donations to his charity in cash and duffel bags. And I thought, oh, wow, more for the rest of us then. <laughs> Seems like a great way to take it. What do you mean they're no longer taking donations, cash in a duffel bag? I mean, that's that's the exact kind of donation you want. I mean, you well, live for cash in a duffel bag, don't you? I mean... <laughs> Doesn't everyone? Shouldn't I everyone? Do. Right. <laughs> yeah. I school. only accept cash in duffel bags. That's yeah. it. <laughs> this is the headline. Breaking. The Prince of Wales will not accept suitcases of cash in the future, royal sources say. Palace briefing comes Sunday after the Sunday Times revealed the heir to the throne accepted millions in cash from former Qatari prime minister. Longer accept <laughs> cash in duffel bags. You wonder, first off, I think uh, in in Qatar, is it is it, is it Qatar, Qatar, what is it? I think they only deal in duffel bags of cash. Secondly, you have to wonder, 
Were those donations, did those donations ever make it to the actual charity? Um, if you had to guess, Mike, what would be your guess? I would say probably not, right? I, I would say, like, you have to have just enough make it to the charity, right? Like, that's yes. the whole way you skim off the top is there's got to be a sizable amount that goes to the charity, but you get so many donations over time that eventually you get a nice little chunk of change. Right. No one's counting every dollar in those duffel bags. No one knows exactly what was handed to the royal family and then what the royal family handed over to the, to the charity. It's um, also why, like, what, why? How do I apply my own my own line of thinking, my own prism to every single story? <laughs> that maybe he actually, maybe the royal family took all the cash and donated to the chair. Unlikely, but perhaps they did. Um, I tend to side with you, where you give just enough to make it look good. You put the rest in your pocket. You call it a day. You know. Listen, if I if I don't know the name of the charity, if it's not Red Cross. It's some it's some dark LLC overseas. It's going straight to the bank account, anyways. Like in my mind, it's going straight to the pockets. If I don't know the name of the of the charity, right. then it's, that's, it's, that's their wallet. Okay, it's oh, it's going to you, is what you're saying. <laughs> I wish. Right. Well, you know your name of your charity, Brandon Williams. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Brandon yeah, yeah, Newman. Yeah, I called yes, you yes, Williams. Yes, <laughs> I gotta get my foundation started. <laughs> That's the, that's the, the key. BN Foundation. Yes, <laughs> BN LLC or the BN Foundation, and then you just funnel money one through the other. Welcome to the actual. Welcome to an actual fraudcast right now. <laughs> this is an actual fraudcast going on with Stu Gods. Uh, nothing better. Talking nothing about better. fraud, actual fraud. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of fraud, Kevin Durant. <laughs> wow, you've taught him well, Stu Gotts, in such I a have. short amount of time. You are a quick learner. I mean, the only one who learned quicker than you was Gojo and Mikey C. That is it, okay? And Mikey C, hasn't, he hasn't parlayed into anything. He continues to beg me and Golik for a job, but Gojo turned it into something, okay? Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's, the, that's the whole key to this one, Stu Gotts. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Stu Gotts in... In the perfect fashion, as everything always goes on in your life, you showed up, popped right into the Zoom with us to record today, seconds after Adrian Wojnarowski and Shams are out here reporting that Nets GM Sean Marks is working with Kevin Durant and his business manager Rich Kleiman on finding a trade for the franchise star. It really just could not have worked out any better. We all got rope-a-doped into thinking, oh, Kyrie Irving opted back in. Clearly, there won't be any sort of massive trade deadline stuff. And then Kevin Durant just chooses the nuclear option and comes right out with this. It's amazing. It, uh, it is. The timing, uh, impeccable. I, I'm not... Listen, you could demand a trade all you want. It doesn't mean they have to trade you, okay? Sean Marks could say he's working on a trade all he wants. It doesn't mean he's going to be traded. He's under contract for, I think, three more years, Mike, with... Uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. I, I will say this, man, and I've said it before. Nobody has mismanaged their career like Kevin Durant. You are an all-time great. People consider you to be an all-time great. All-time greats don't bounce around from team to team. They don't do it. Maybe at the tail end of their career, you have a Barkley who couldn't win because he was playing during, during an era in which Michael Jordan was playing, and a lot of guys didn't win. Carl Malone, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, John Stockton, the list goes on and on. Even Akeem Olajuwon, who did win, in my personal record book, he did not. Because the only reason he won those is that Jordan took those two years off, okay? 
And had Jordan stayed, the Bulls would have won eight in eight years. But you don't have guys like Mike. Think about it. Whether it's Larry Bird, whether it's Magic Johnson, uh, the all-time greats, okay? They don't, like, bounce around from team to team like this. They don't make bad decisions. People come to them, regardless of where it is they are. Steph Curry, Clay, they're going to be Golden State Warriors for life. They're not bouncing around. They're not chasing titles. They're not making bad decisions. They're not going to play with their best friend because they like to smoke weed with them. Like, Kevin Durant has mismanaged an entire career. He should have stayed in Oklahoma City. I said it then, and here's proof. Like, Mike, Steph Curry was not that happy when he won titles with Kevin Durant. Like, you saw Steph Curry happy in a way that you've never seen him after winning a championship because he was the guy. He was the MVP. He was having the big games. He was hitting the big shots. And, like, he was infinitely more happier when they won it this past season than he was when he won it with Kevin Durant. You could see it all over him. And that's the other thing with Durant. The Warriors didn't need him when they signed him. They knew it. But what they did was eliminated their toughest competition in the Oklahoma City Thunder. They got rid of him by signing him. They didn't need him then, and they didn't need him after he left. One of the great parts of this story is Kevin Durant left to go show he can win a championship in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving. The Warriors won one before Durant did. It's unbelievable how he's mismanaged this career. This is not what all-time greats do. They don't bounce around team to team to team to team and constantly make bad decisions. And, by the way, Kleiman has something to do with this. I'm sorry, he's the agent, and he's giving him advice, and he's giving him terrible advice all the way through. Well, a couple things. What do you say, because what if he's a career assassin? And his career is different than the all-time greats that we've seen because I think that's what he's proven to be. And second fold, Draymond Green just said on the podcast recently that they needed Kevin Durant to beat those Cleveland Cav- uh, those LeBron-led Cleveland Cavaliers. What do you think about that? Uh, I think Draymond Green is saying stuff because he's got a podcast and he wants Kevin Durant on that podcast. I think Draymond Green knows, knows very well. And – They won. They broke the single-season win record, okay? The Bulls had it. They broke it without Kevin Durant. Without him. So they were doing just fine without Kevin Durant. People were calling that the greatest team they had ever seen. Then they won two with Kevin Durant. And I know Draymond's saying what Draymond's saying. Hey, we needed him for those particular series. Um, I think Draymond's just saying. I think Draymond knows they didn't need him. Um but Draymond also wants to keep a good relationship with Kevin Durant because Draymond's a businessman. He's a smart man. And he's a talented man. And you don't want to burn a bridge with Kevin Durant because part of doing these podcasts, if you're Draymond Green, is the access. Like, within our company at Meadowlark, we have a podcast with Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner. Iguodala's a nice player. Draymond Green's a better player. Uh, but Iguodala's getting Steve Kerr. He's getting Kevin Durant. He's getting, you know... Uh, who, he's getting Steph Curry. He's getting Clay Thompson. And so I think Draymond is straddling a very fine line here where he doesn't want to upset Kevin Durant, and it's, a, it's strictly a business decision. He has access to Kevin Durant right now, and he can get Durant on that podcast whenever he wants. So for Draymond to slam him right now would not be in Draymond's best interest, and we all know Draymond is all about Draymond. So I don't know what to believe anymore, to be honest with you. But that's where I like it. I've been waiting to live in this world forever <laughs> where I don't know who to believe and what to believe. It's fantastic. I, I think it, what's made 
what you just described with Kevin Durant, to me, just goes back and underscores how difficult what LeBron James pulled off is. Like, it's like riding a wave where you're always this close from wiping out. And if you manage to actually stay on that side of this, where LeBron (coughs) has now won championships at three spots along the way, going and popularizing this sort of way of dictating the terms of your NBA career, I, I, I... Kevin Durant's career has still been wildly successful. Oh, like he's great. Mul- multiple yes. finals MVPs, regular season MVP, one of the most incredible scorers of this generation or any generation based on his physical tools. But Stugatz, I understand what you're saying. If you want to elevate him to that next level where talent-wise he belongs, it was a riskier proposition, especially I think less so leaving and more so betting on a guy who is now proven to be as... Difficult to count on as Kyrie Irving has been at every spot here. Like, if Kevin Durant had left and gone to the Brooklyn Nets and picked someone that was a more stable partner, injury is going to dictate a lot of this. But at the end of the day, that judgment call and that decision based on that relationship probably thwarted what was still, like, that was still a team that could have won a championship in their first season together had injury not undone them in the postseason and Kevin Durant's shoe famously been one size smaller. Like, that could have still happened to where we were talking to Kevin Durant now being fully on the LeBron James career path. And it really just ends up being, yeah, he wasn't able to overcome Kyrie at this time. Like, LeBron got Kyrie Irving at his most basketball dependable in Cleveland. And then ever since then, now Kevin Durant got a version of Kyrie that because of a number of circumstances just ended up not being as available as he needed him to be. But Mike, that's what I'm talking about. Like, a part of this is on his agent. A lot of this is on Kevin Durant and his decision-making, okay? And to choose your right. Hey, you want to go off and leave Golden State? Great. I applaud you for doing that. You want to hook up with another guy and try to win a title and show everyone you could be the reason that team won a title and you could turn you could turn it around that quickly. The guy you don't choose is Kyrie Irving. I mean, if I know that, if you know that, if Brandon knows that, how the hell does Kevin Durant not know that? Because, to your point, Mike, in Cleveland, without LeBron James, a Kyrie Irving-led team was terrible. They were dreadful. They were never good. In fact, I don't even think they made the playoffs. And then LeBron gets there. They get to the finals. And the reason that Kyrie has that one moment, that big shot in the NBA finals, is only because LeBron made a great career decision by leaving Miami, going back to Cleveland, and, and taking it full circle and showing everyone, hey, I had to go there to learn how to win. And then mm-hmm. I brought it home and I won it here for my home city uh, in Cleveland. Kyrie just kind of latched on to that and happened to hit a big shot. That's because the better player on the team, LeBron, was triple teamed and Kyrie was wide open and he happened to stick that shot. But if you're Kevin Durant and you're and you're paying attention closely to Kyrie's career, what you would have noticed was Kyrie and Cleveland before LeBron got there, they were terrible. Boston, he goes to Boston, Kyrie does, right? And the best run they had with Kyrie was when Kyrie was hurt in that first season and the Celtics with Tatum and Jalen Brown in their first or second years, Mike, went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, okay? So Kyrie Irving has never led a team to anything. And Kevin Durant decides, hey, I'm going to hitch my wagon to that guy and go try and win a title. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's just a series of bad decisions by Kevin Durant. I have no issue with what he did. It's the person he chose to do it with. That's the problem. Well, I think he's starting to make better decisions because I think 
Kyrie opting in is one of the reasons why he re is requesting a trade right now. That is very and, interesting to consider. And Phoenix and Miami are two of the teams amongst the top of Kevin Durant's wish list. So if he chooses to go to Miami, I think you might be saying he's making some, uh, pretty good decisions. Uh, listen, I'm a Knicks fan. So, I mean, oh, like, cho true. choose that's the Knicks. You want to impress me? Like, win a title for the Knicks. Like, go ahead. Do that. You know what? Win, what a, win a title do. with R.J. Barrett. See how that goes. I mean, well, <laughs> but he can. But that's the thing he with could. Durant. He that's could. what frustrates you about yeah. Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant shows up on your team – in fact, I think the Nets are the favorite to win the title right now, as it stands, okay? Yeah. Next year. Think about that, okay? Any team Kevin Durant goes to, they become the favorites to win the title. So if you want like, stop trying to find Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Go win it with R.J. Barrett, okay? Like, go win it with a group of guys like that, because you can. What if, and because we did that whole news cycle where everyone talked about Kevin Durant made such a bad basketball decision leaving Golden State that if his goal was to win a bunch of titles and be the best player on that team and win a bunch of finals MVPs, so many people said, why would you ever leave their bad basketball decision? Tom Haberstroh of Meadowlark Media tweets, honestly, the Warriors make a lot of sense for Kevin Durant. Tons of young assets and big salaries to match. If he went back to Golden State, Stu no, Gotts, no. and essentially said, hey, you know what? Everyone who thought that, all right, we'll do a do-over right now. Team coming off a title again, he would walk back in and probably still be the best player on that team, even with Steph at the level he's at, and they go on a run, and like Draymond predicted on the podcast he did with J.J. Redick, win four of the next five titles with KD back as the best player. Does that do anything for you? No, it, it would be a worse mistake than doing it the first time, to be honest with you. Like, no, he's got to stay away from Golden State. You can't just join the team that most recently won the title, Mike. That's not how it works when you're Kevin Durant. You have to be the reason your team won a title. You can't join teams that just won a title. Finals he made MVP the mistake. says that he was the reason. What was that? Finals MVPs say that he was the reason they won those titles. I know, but you believe that? Because they won a title before he got there. The same team. In fact, not only did they win a title, they, they were considered the best team in the history of the NBA. They had more wins in the regular season than Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Like, that team was doing just fine without Kevin Durant. People forget this little part of it. That last, you know, Kevin Durant's last year, Oklahoma City, that team, led by Kevin Durant, with Westbrook, and I think, well, I think Harden was gone by then. That team was up 3-1, Brandon. Kevin Durant was up 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors, and he couldn't close it out. He couldn't close it out, because he was the guy who was supposed to close it out. And so, once he didn't close them out, they recruited him, they eliminated their stiffest competition, and he joined the team that he couldn't beat by himself. Like, that's just, no, that's bad decision-making. And that's why he doesn't get credit from me. He doesn't get credit from a lot of people. And so now you're going to do it again? No. Go to the team that Golden State, like Phoenix would make sense. Phoenix yeah. cannot get over that hump. They can't do it. But if they get Kevin Durant, imagine that, by the way. Suns, Warriors, Western Conference Finals. Like, how much fun would that be? Durant going up against his old team? But if he can go to Phoenix and win Chris Paul, an NBA championship, mm. and win that organization, an NBA championship, and do it while climbing over the Golden State Warriors, that's a good decision. That's the place I'd go if I'm Kevin Durant. Don't come to the Heat as badly as I know Miami wants him. No, because Riley's done this before. 
And the perception will be culture and Riley, and they did it for LeBron. They did it for Bosch. They did it for Wade. Look what they turned Jimmy Butler into. No, 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 no. Don't do it. Go to Phoenix. That would be a great basketball decision. I mean, Stu Gatz, he could be. I mean, look at Miami and the situation they've been in. Knocking on the door, finals appearance in the bubble season. Knocking on the door this year. And now if Kevin Durant were to come in and be that missing piece that gets them over the hump, yeah, you're going to still hear heat culture, but you can look and say they couldn't get it done without him, and now he gets them over the hump in a place like Miami for a guy in Kevin Durant who we know has a ton of off-the-court things that he's very interested in. It seems like there could be a ton enticing. And to the point about who you do it with, yeah, you just did it with Kyrie Irving and that proved to be a mistake. You go down and pair up with Pat Riley. Who better than that? What does that say then about your basketball decision-making? That All right, I understand I may have erred in this one. Now I've got to go with the ultimate business partner and the ultimate winner in Pat Riley. So I get I get it in theory, Mike, and, and you make great points. Uh, I'm just saying in terms of like, so how that plays out, at least in my mind, is Kevin Durant comes down here, they win a championship, He'll get some of the credit. Riley and the organization will get a good amount of credit, too. He goes to Phoenix. He gets it all. And I think what Kevin Durant is looking for right now is everything. He wants all the credit. He wants max credit. And if he goes to Phoenix and he gets them a title, again, he gets CP3 a title. He gets Phoenix past the team they couldn't get past in Golden State. He does it against his former team in Golden State. He outplays Steph in a Western Conference Finals. Like, that is getting it all. That's how you do it. So if I'm advising Kevin Durant and he wants to finally win a ring in my personal record book, which I'm certain is very important to him, um, then, uh, then I think he has to go to – I think Phoenix would make – I don't think Memphis would do it. I don't think they can do it. I don't think he wants to go to Memphis. Uh, man, but if he gets – Mike, if he gets Chris Paul his first title and does it by beating Golden State along the way, that's max credit for Kevin Durant. That's that's where I'd go. I understand what you're saying about the E. Yeah. I'd also want to stay out of the East. I mean, the East is crazy right now, you know? That is isn't a great fa- point. Yeah. Is, is it fair to say, though, that Golden State is at this point they are now because of the lack of wear and tear that they had to take while Kevin Durant was there? Maybe. Like, didn't he make their jobs a little easy? Like, this, this championship exists because they had legs under them because they had KD. Well, well, I, I would, but I would still say Clay got hurt after KD left. He got hurt again. Yeah. You know, I know he got yeah. hurt originally while KD was there, but then he did it again. Steph had you know long, long stints where he was out this year. Draymond hasn't been healthy in two years. He was during the playoff run. Um, I don't know if they have legs. I just think they're really good. And like they added Wiggins, they added Jordan Poole. They put those guys in that environment with those players. And Steve Kerr's a great coach. Um, so I, you know. I, I don't just, think it's about legs. I I, I think we forget yeah. just how good Steph, <laughs> Clay, well, and, and like, Draymond and are. Steph you know? got better. Like you hear Draymond Green talk about how Steph dedicated himself to the weight room differently, and like we saw, Steph was a bigger, stronger, more capable player even than he had already been sure. by the time you got to that point. So, I thought this was an interesting note too. Uh, Woj tweeted this out like 15 minutes ago. He said Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving had no contact with the franchise after Irving opted into his deal on Monday, and a sense of inevitability existed that Durant would eventually ask for a trade, sources tell ESPN. It happened today. That, to me, is surprising because you would assume Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, as close as we've heard they are, would talk, and that 
would Kyrie Irving want to stay? Now, I understand Kyrie, you know, had reasons why he wanted to be in New York and all that stuff, but why he would stay if I'm sure he had to have been given some heads up that this was on the table for Kevin Durant if we were all thinking it, right? Like, I thought that Kevin Durant's future in New York was going to be tied to, did the organization let his friend stay on that team? Did they keep Kyrie Irving? That was so much of the discussion when he was talking about opting out. This is surprising that Kyrie Irving would have, in theory, known about this if it had been feeling inevitable Mm. around the building and still opted into this one-year deal. Well, I think he opts in because it's $37 million, right? There's no choice but to opt in. Like, who's going to pay Kyrie coming off a 24-game campaign or whatever? (laughs) Whatever he he refuses to get a shot. I mean, Elmo got vaccinated, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Elmo was more responsible than Kyrie Irving. Oh, my God. Make that the header for this. (laughs) (laughs) Elmo greater than sign Kyrie. In Stugatz's personal record book. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I got to add that. Hold on. Right <laughs> Elmo, more rings. Elmo has more rings. Um, the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, Mike, I, like, so Kyrie had to opt in. He had no choice. I do wonder, I've been thinking about this. We were talking about it uh, with Amin on our show. If there's a part of, you know, maybe salesmanship here by Kevin Durant where he doesn't want to give the appearance that he has anything to do with this, but he, se- mm. he secretly wants Kyrie to go away. And so Kyrie opts in, but we all know the Nets are looking to trade Kyrie. Um, and Kevin Durant, I-, I wonder if there's a bit of acting behind this where it's like, hey, I got to give the appearance I'm pissed off here, even though I signed off on you guys getting rid of Kyrie. Uh, I have to give the appearance to maintain my friendship with Kyrie because I love smoking dope with him, that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that I wanted nothing to do with this. So we're going to put this out there, okay? I'm demanding a trade, even though I'm really not demanding a trade, okay? Just because I need to give off the appearance that I'm pissed off at you guys for parting ways with Kyrie, even though I want you to part ways with Kyrie. Like, there's so much. Those, and that's what I'm talking about, Mike. There's too much guessing with Kevin Durant yeah. where it's a mismanaged career. Like, we're all left to these conspiracy theories. and But it stems back to what you said, Mike. I thought it was a great point. The decision not to leave Golden State, that's fine, to hit your wagon to Kyrie Irving. When we all knew what Kyrie Irving was before he did that. Now, listen, they were, you know, you can make the argument that they were, you know, a shoe size away from winning a title just two years ago uh, because, you know, they lost to the Bucs and, you know, had that two bit of three, then maybe Kevin Durant does win that 
that championship with the Bucks. But this is this is another decision that he's made that is well, Mike, it's a failure. It's already right now, just because we're two years into it, approaching the third year. The fact that Kyrie is gonna get traded, the fact that Kevin Durant is demanding a trade, it's already been a failure. They have failed. They didn't make it to a conference final, and everyone's at odds and everyone's demanding trades. It's a clusterfuck, and it's on Kevin Durant because he keeps making bad decisions. Sorry. Yeah, I thought it was a failure is the moment James Harden left. Because when you add James him to Harden the mix, is telling you he's a headache. That's what I'm yeah. that's what I'm, like once you add, add him to the mix, then it's no longer it's no longer those two's team. Just and it's and it's now it's big three that only played sixteen games together. But I think it was proof as soon as things didn't go as smoothly as they thought it would be with James Harden that this whole experiment was going to fail. Right. I mean, it says something where James Harden is the guy. Like James Harden couldn't get out of there quick enough. Like, I, he's looking at his teammates and going, man, one guy's never here. The other guy swears by the guy who's never here. Doesn't swear by me. I'm always here. I'm trying to play through pain. And yet I can't, yes. like, no. Like, when it comes to loyalty, his loyalty lies with Kyrie Irving, not with me, James Harden. And I think Harden realized the whole situation in its totality is a complete mess. And he's like, all right, get me out of here. Like, if James Harden is sprinting away from you, and he doesn't sprint anywhere. But if he's sprinting away from you, then that's an issue, man. (laughs) So true. So weird. The whole situation. And and Sarah Spain just tweeted this too, which is interesting. She said, when was the last time we heard KD publicly back Kyrie? I might have missed something, but I've been talking about KD and his decision the whole time. People have been talking about Kyrie. Kevin Durant will be 37 at the end of the Nets deal. And I would be—I'm not surprised he didn't want to saddle his final years with Kyrie. Stugatz, there is something to that, like KD dealing yes. with more injury, and this is as uh, I saw four years left on the deal, no player option. One of the best players in basketball, like whoever does get this contract would be getting Kevin Durant's probably last real prime years. So this is an extremely enticing package that Brooklyn's got to work with because that's the other side of this. Brooklyn took a big swing. I would say they'd do it all over again if they could in a heartbeat because they had no other options. Now it's got to be about getting some sort of haul in return because if you did have Kyrie Irving, if somehow Ben Simmons came back healthy and you were able to pull another max-level player because of this or some young players, for Brooklyn, you've got to try and salvage whatever comes next if you're Sean Marks in that franchise. You have to. Mike, I see it going... See, I see it going the way Sarah Spain kind of pointed out and where I was going the first time. I think it's KD trying to save face with both Kyrie Irving and the friend, like giving the appearance he's upset, but not really that upset because he knows it's easier said than done. I could demand a trade. It doesn't mean they're going to trade me, okay? Like the numbers might not match up. I think it's like, hey, I want to keep this relationship with Kyrie. I want to stay in Brooklyn. I want to see this thing through. I have Ben Simmons. Get as much as you can for Kyrie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see. Mm. So, it, so if Sean Marks comes back to him and says, "Hey, we've got Ben. I'm about to get. Let's just say it's the Heat, okay?" Um, if Sean Marks comes back to Durant and says, "Hey, I'm about to get Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and some draft picks, and we put that with you um, with Ben Simmons." I think Kevin decides to stay, you know, because I think that team, 
as long as you have Kevin Durant, you have a chance to win a championship. Right. Um, but I think what Kevin has seen is, hey, I ain't going to win it with this guy. He's too unreliable. Um, but if I have Ben, not that Ben Simmons is the most reliable guy in the world either, by the way, but if I have Ben Simmons and whatever they get for Kyrie Irving, whatever they get in exchange, and it would be a lot, Mike, okay? Um, I think Kevin Durant ends up staying staying in Brooklyn. I, I, could, I might be crazy. Uh, it might be too much of a conspiracy theory. But that's the way it is. I don't see I don't see Kyrie staying there by himself. I see Durant possibly staying there without Kyrie. Does that make sense? I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think I think KD likes to be there. Kyrie's home, like quite literally in West Orange or over across the bridge, but seems like KD wants to finish his career there. I don't know. He just seems settled right now. I, I think when they said those guys are running the franchise, they meant Kevin Durant's running that franchise. And I believe mm. that he still is. I think he runs that. Kyrie's not running any franchise, okay? Um, the fact that he had Kevin Durant as an ally and a friend helped him run that franchise. But I think KD has realized two years in, nah, this ain't working. Like, I'm out there in the playoffs every year. You know who's not there with me? My friend. <laughs> Why? Because Elmo's more responsible. I mean... <laughs> K- Katie, Katie joined Sesame Street. You just heard it here first. <laughs> going to go latch on to a championship contender. Tons of history there. Katie's going to make it happen. But guys, the fact that we're talking about this and trying to piece it together and it's puzzling and we don't understand, that's what I'm talking about, a mismanaged career. Kevin Durant's career should have been easy. Hey, I'm here. I'm one of the all-time greats. I don't go play with people. People come play with me, Okay. But it's totally mismanaged to the point where we don't really know what to make of Kevin Durant's career other than to say he's one of the most gifted players we've ever seen. Of course he is. But he mismanaged his career. There's no doubt about it. I think I think he would have – the version of his career would have happened if the Seattle Supersonics never left Seattle. Like I think that Maybe. he – I think he was there. He was happy. That's the. I think the issue is there's no one place that he wants to be. There's no one place that he can be somewhere and be happy. And now you see reports that Kyrie is still trying to get to the Lakers. So those pieces that the Nets uh, might be building with may be coming from another Los Angeles team. And Kyrie, we still might get a, a Kyrie-LeBron team. Uh, yeah, we might. Uh, and that team would be good. I mean, if they keep AD, that team would be – I could see that team winning another championship. Um, I could see LeBron winning another championship. Uh, but LeBron's going to do what we just blasted KD for. Like, he's going to hitch his wagon at the very end to Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I think Kevin Durant only has two choices here. Stay in Brooklyn and try to make it work and be celebrated if it does work. Or he goes to Phoenix. That's the, To me, those are the only decisions that Kevin Durant... Now, I don't know what Phoenix would get back to get... I don't know what assets they have, Mike. Like DeAndre so, Ayton, I don't yeah, know what happens here. Yeah. I, would, I would imagine you probably have to do some sort of like sign-and-trade thing with DeAndre Ayton where like you maybe like maybe Brooklyn agrees, all right, you know, if that's a max contract, you can get a swap there that makes sense. Like this is one that's going to probably require some finagling, but... Phoenix does have a lot of like good young pieces. They've got a young star in DeAndre Ayton that they clearly didn't want to give max money to there. So maybe that becomes a guy that they can use in this process to try and get Brooklyn to dance with them. So yeah, maybe. I will tell you this: that if he does go to Phoenix and they end up winning a uh, an NBA championship, I I just I I feel the need to let Chris Paul know this right now. Um, I want to say it before he gets to Phoenix. If that does indeed play out, Chris Paul, you still do not have a ring in my personal record book. Okay? Goose eggs. 
Thank you. Thank you. I had to say it. All right. No, hey, listen, all road all roads lead back to Chris Paul. It's yes. worth getting out in front of right now. We don't want anyone to think you're mincing words about it. Chris Paul still over in Stu Gatz's personal record book. I wonder, Stu Gatz, it would be the cruelest thing if somehow Chris Paul ended up in that trade package to get Kevin Durant and they <laughs> won it and he wasn't there. That would be the absolute darkest version of this. Wow. It would feel so unnecessarily cruel, but it would uh, probably be what happens. But yet so right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. So <laughs> So, so State so, Farm commercial right before the, the trophy's handed over. Oh, right. Starring Chris Paul. Gojo, I am so proud of you. So you have CP3 potentially and DeAndre Ayton going to the Nets, right? Yep. Uh, Kevin Durant going back to Phoenix. So so Devin Booker couldn't win one with Chris Paul, and he wins one with Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant suddenly gets max credit, okay? And Chris Paul is still sitting around with no rings. I love it. Perfect. Oh, my God. This is Absolutely. working out well for me. I don't know about those yeah. guys. But. Yeah. <laughs> the real winner of all of today's news. And again, Adrian Wojnarowski says KD has made the trade request directly to Nets owner Joe Sy today, the Wednesday or Thursday as we're recording this podcast. The true winner of whatever happens going forward is already Stugatz. And that <laughs> is the it. way that we prefer it. Thank you. Uh, today has been an absolute whirlwind too i mean so this Stugatz, this news came right after and i know this is probably like less big on the national you scale. have more news for me holy shit well Stugatz, i mean it's, it's college football news but we had the announcement um that usc and ucla are prepared to move to the big 10 what by 2024 by Nothing says Middle America like UCLA and USC. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> when is this happening, Mike? It's it's reportedly. Uh, it sounds like it's all but a formality, and we could get a press conference in the next twenty four hours announcing this move. UCLA and USC to the Big Ten, huh? Huh. A Big Ten clash between USC and Indiana. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 so John, John Wilner of the Pac-12 hotline originally reported this. Um, it sounds like USC was really the driver behind this. Um, John Wilner also said a source, USC and UCLA could top 100 mil annually in the media rights deal in the Big Ten they got Jesus. media rights coming up, but you're right. All that this means is we could potentially finally watch USC have to come to the Midwest in November because with Notre Dame, they always famously either play us in South Bend in October before it gets real cold or in November in Southern California. Now there's a world where they might have to come and play Minnesota in November in the middle Ooh, of a I fucking snowstorm. And right, and Minnesota wait. would have to travel to Big Ten country, L.A. <laughs> 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 Stugatz, that's the real winner here today. Every Midwest Big Ten student athlete who now gets a trip to Southern California for yes. at least two games a year on the calendar. I, I know, so every, everyone's tweeting. Everyone's tweeting. How's this going to affect the athletes flying to LA once a week for a couple? Like, are you kidding me? They're going to love that. What do they got? Wait, you guys went to Notre Dame. You played USC twice, so that, I'm assuming that was one of. Like, I know you like Love playing the them at home, trip. but going to the West Coast was fun for you guys, right? Oh, my God. You get to stay Absolutely. at the Ritz. We stayed at the Ritz-Carlton. We got in oh, an Outburger yeah. after the game. It was oh, incredible. Was better than oh, you. Yeah. We, that my junior year, we, we left with a big win, a big dramatic win. And at the end of the day, as we were flying back 
I was like, those players still get the party in L.A. tonight. Like, I think they yeah. kind of. Yes. Oh, they <laughs> had it better? Kinda, Is that what you were saying? Oh, they kind of won, too. They kind of won, too. Like, you guys would beat them by four touchdowns, and their response would be like, yeah, but you have to go back to Indiana. <laughs> like, but, yeah. Have fun in South Bend with your McGriddles. It's kind of like Big 12, Mike. Like, the fact that we have Texas playing in something called the Southeast Conference. is like. Yeah. <laughs> What and are we I, doing? <laughs> geography is not geography like birds, not real anymore. None of it matters. <laughs> Rutgers and USC in the same conference currently is the world we live in in 2022 because all of this Stugatz is just shuffling deck chairs in the Titanic until we do the one big super league yes. like the English soccer league has wanted to do, like golf tried to do not too long ago, like mm. everyone wants to eventually get to. This is just pushing all of the chips closer and closer to that reality. Uh, like, Mike, that's where it's going to end up, right? It's going to start with a couple of super conferences, right? We'll get down to, like, you know, a few conferences, and then eventually I think you're right. It's going to be just one big thing, right? Oh, um, but, and that's probably the way it should be at this point. Why not? I mean, who cares, right? And then just select the best eight teams at the end of the year to play in a college football playoff. That's it. Like, yep. We don't need these conferences. We don't need any of this. No one cares about the Big Ten championship game. Nobody. Well, and so, Stugatz, it's interesting because I think you're right for a lot of newer college football fans. Yes. Because college football, like baseball, used to be a very regional sport. And on its best day, maybe baseball still is kind of in that range, but... For college football, it was a very regional sport. And then as we saw you know, us get into the 2000s and then the college football playoff after the BCS, all of that started becoming the national TV product and college game day building into this and ESPN amassing more and more rights. And now all of a sudden you look up and college football outside of the NFL is one of the biggest sports properties in North America. It's become a national game. And because of that, like you said, I think for a lot of fans now – it'll make it easier to digest as well. Yeah. College football has always been essentially a professional league, but now you're going to have some older fans dealing with a different reality where like we saw when like, you know, originally like teams like Nebraska and Colorado left a conference they had originally been a part of, and you lost some of those rivalries, you're going to see that reshaped in a way that's going to certainly present some interesting challenges for old college football fans. But I think you're right. In general, college football's become a national game now. And this happening at this time is just, I think, drawing in pen the lines that we already saw forming in the sport between the teams up top that really dominate and dictate what happens and the rest of college football that's basically basically playing a different game at this point for a lot of these teams. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Mike, who is – no, it's a great point. Um, who Who is most disappointed by this? Like, it has to be Ohio State. Like, UCLA is not a big deal, right? It's a big school. It's a big brand. They haven't been good in a while. Right. Um, yeah. Ohio State has owned that conference, right, for many, many years. Um, they, they want nothing to do with this. They don't want – you want Lincoln Riley and USC in your conference? Like, who's doing it better than Lincoln Riley right now? Nobody. In terms of just the transfer portal, recruiting, quarterbacks, wanting to play for him because he gets them to the NFL, and they're usually pretty good once they get to the NFL. Um, I do think we're headed to just one big super conference. But in the now, for next year, well, when is this supposed to go through, Mike? What year? Uh, I believe. 2024. 
Okay. Yeah, 2023 or 2024. We don't know how long this could take, but these moves I think are going to all come a little bit sooner than the original timeline. But in the meantime, it's going to make it fascinating because you had the alliance with the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 that's gone to sh- or the yeah that seems to have gone to shit now. Because I can't imagine the Pac-12 commissioner is pumped that his biggest brand in the conference just bolted for the guy that's in the alliance with them. The Stugats <laughs> is strong in Kevin Warren in the Big Ten right now. <laughs> And Lincoln Riley's like, hey, I came out here for the fucking weather. Now yep. you're sending me back to Minnesota? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, came, I, I was done playing those teams. <laughs> you know? Yeah, how about that? Lincoln Riley comes out here because, like, all right, you know what? Hey, maybe you don't want to go play in the SEC and all that one. You go out and think, I'm going to run through the Pac-12. It's going to be easy shots at the college football playoff. And now you're going to have to go and play Ohio State every year. <laughs> right. Where he just wants to play Arizona State. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Give me the Wildcats in oh, Arizona State. <laughs> my God. Let me hang what? out in the Pac 12 South. Nope. My Welcome. Sports is crazy right now, man. Nuts. Nuts, man. Nuts. Like, Nuts. what's going to happen? What's going to happen next now? Like, I don't well, they're know. They're talking about your, your guy, Julius Randles, and you say you're a Knicks fan. He's on the chopping block, too. They're looking at him in the trade market. Are they really? Good. They should. I mean, why not? Like this whole this whole notion, get Jalen Brunson. Like, give me a break. They hired Jalen Brunson's dad. Okay, he used to play for the Knicks. Like, uh, uh, you get Jalen Brunson. What does that make you? A seven seed, maybe. And how about you hire Del Curry? I mean, if you were a smart organization, you would hire Steph's dad. I mean, go hire KD. I mean, go hire his mom. I mean, <laughs> what are we what are we doing? I mean, hire better sports parents. Like, yes, yes. Shoot for the moon. <laughs> It's exactly right, Mike. It is. Uh, it, it's it's crazy, man. We're uh, we've arrived at the crazy. It's the wild, wild west. Uh, oh. Sports has become, and I love it. I love it. The anarchy, <laughs> the, the transactions, uh, college football showing its ugly colors in a way that we've never seen before. I mean, this is all fantastic. Oh, you know, man. Stu Gotts, You know what this is setting up for, too. What's that? In the in the middle of all this, so this podcast is going to post on Friday. I will be stunned, stunned if the NFL doesn't try and Friday news dump the Deshaun Watson suspension in the wake of all this news. It's a great I, point. Ooh. I'd be stunned if they're not drafting the press release right now to try and get this out here while all of this is happening point. and see if they can just weather the storm, head into the holiday weekend, get that out there now after all of this is done and try and cut their losses as best they can. I will be stunned. A little late Friday afternoon news dump. Yep. And what is it? It's Deshaun Watson. How many games? Like how many? (laughs) I think it's, I think it's Deshaun Watson, uh, the entire 2022 season. Okay. Well, let's do it on a Friday afternoon. Uh, while NBA free agency is going on while UCLA and USC are shifting to the big 10 while Kevin Durant signing or getting traded elsewhere. Uh, let's dump that Deshaun's out for a year. little conversation about it. Monday people forget. That would be a heady play by the NFL. You're right, Mike. That's how you do it. I mean, that is. You think Adele's drafting that right now? Right. I, I would be stunned if that if we post this podcast Friday morning if it is not already dated by like noon Eastern when they try and throw that out there. Or maybe they'll really go full tilt and try and do it like Friday night when everyone's already on the road to wherever they're going for the Fourth of July weekend and try and wait till that point. I would right. not be surprised at all. I love it. I mean, this is, I have been waiting to arrive at this place uh, for my entire life, my entire career. 
This is now listen, I have lived here for 20 years doing the show with Dan. Everyone else is now just joining me. And what I would say to all of them, including you, Brandon, is welcome to the party, pal. Okay? Because this is how I, this is where this is the space that I, I just dropped a Bruce Willis on him from Die Hard. I mean, you know, all the my I am sorry, Brandon, I did that to you. I love it. But everyone else, welcome to the party. Because this is how I th- listen. These conspiracies, uh, conspiracies and all the shit that's going on right now, I've just assumed it's been going on forever, and I am being validated right now, and I love it. It is fantastic. I mean, sport, they, Mike, this used to be the dog days of summer. I mean, we were just left alone. It was us in baseball, and we had nothing else to do, and now we have everything. You have NFL free agency. You have Durant wanting to be traded. You have Deshaun Watson suspensions. You have Lincoln Riley playing Minnesota in a Big Ten tilt. I mean, this is fucking unbelievable. I love sports. Sports are back. Sports are back. <laughs> big winners today. Stu Gotts, big loser, Major League Baseball, because it's going to give us another week where we don't have to pay attention. Correct. <laughs> Poor baseball. <laughs> We're sorry, baseball. They got to do something. I mean, they have I, to, I don't know what they can do, but they got to do something. They had me with that Freddie Freeman news. I was, I was all over it. Oh, that was a joke. I mean, give me uh. a break. Well, I mean, it was Freddie Freeman. Seriously, <laughs> you fire your agent over that. What do you? What'd your agent do? I mean, you, you want to stay in Atlanta? Tell your agent you want to stay in Atlanta. I mean, honestly, like you control the outcome of where it is you want to play when you become a free agent. You're from LA. You've been on record saying that you were a Dodger fan growing up. They're the best team in baseball. They just won a World Series. They have the most money. If you and listen. At the end of the day, your agent puts the agreements in front of you. You decide which one you're going to sign. And, you know, Gottlieb had the report that, you know, the agent never brought him the Atlanta deal. Bullshit. Okay? Freddie Freeman knew the Braves wanted him back. Freddie Freeman wanted to go to L.A. And so what happens here? He comes home first time. He goes back to Atlanta. They give him standing ovations. They're classy. They love Freddie Freeman. And so Freddie Freeman, after that weekend, decides now, right, months later, now it's time to fire the agent. Get the fuck out of here, Freddie Freeman. Like, seriously, enough of you. I'm tired of him. <laughs> no Freddie sympathy Freeman. for Freddie Freeman. Uh, you know what the F in Freddie stands for? Fraud. You know what the other F in Freeman stands for? Phony. I mean, how about that? Did <laughs> <laughs> I get that wrong? <laughs> Stupidity. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Like we said, the Lazy River had a little bit more direction today because of everything that transpired. 
still love talking to Stu Gotts and appreciate him coming by. Um, Brandon, I also feel like news and notes wise, we can just give people the cliff notes of NBA free agency as we'd seen so yes. far in a lot of the moves. We know that Kyrie and KD now kind of dominate the sphere, but we had a lot else out there. So give you the cliff notes here, Brandon. If there's anything that jumped out to you, feel free. But according to uh, Shams over at the Athletic and Stadium, Nikola Jokic has agreed to a five-year, $264 million Supermax, the richest deal in NBA history. Phoenix Suns All-NBA guard Devin Booker are in the process of finalizing a four-year, $214 million Supermax to sign as soon as next week, according to Shams. Jalen Brunson intends to sign a four-year, $110 million deal with the Knicks, sources tell Shams. Um... Adrian Wojnarowski tweets, Bobby Portis returning to the Milwaukee Bucks on a four-year, $49 million contract. Love to see that one. Uh, according to Woj, Bradley Beal, five years, $251 million max extension to stay with the Wizards. Ugh. Why ugh on that one? I, let's keep keep going. Uh, that's uh, that's just, Those, are all, those just, are all the real major ones. Well, I just, you know. I don't necessarily want Bradley Beal to join somebody else. I just want more for Bradley Beal. You know what I mean? I want him to be as upset with his organization as Damian Lillard seems to be with Portland for not putting pieces around him. But, you know, I digress. I'm just happy that he got $250 million. That's like, a lot. That's a lot. All of that becomes a lot more palatable to deal with if you got $250 million. And I get it. I'd like to see Bradley Beal on a better team too, but – at some point, that's a hard number to walk away from. We talk about a lot of these guys that have managed to forsake the Supermax in the name of mobility in this league, guys who mm. are making a ton of money off the court and stuff like that. That doesn't change the fact that every once in a while you look up at these video game lottery numbers and someone's going to go, well, yeah, of course I'm going to take that money. Fuck this competition stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, how old am I? When? when? Okay, yeah. <laughs> What's that? You said that's, that's a quarter bill? Yeah, go ahead. Sign me up. Thanks, Agent. Yeah, exactly. When it gets to a quarter bill, half a bill, whole bill, hey, hey, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. So that's where we are uh, in NBA free agency. I I'm sure this will all keep and continuing to change. We'll wait for the bombshells to drop with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. But Brandon, it's that time. You know what time it is, Brandon? I chimed in with a half of you people have heard of this in the damn third no. That was a really good one. You can't, You brought your A game today. You brought your damn oh, A game today. God, thank you, thank you. Shouts out to uh, my chemical romance. Is that the right one? No. Damn it. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Yes, it is. Okay. What, no, uh, it's not. Maybe, maybe uh, it's not Fallout Boy. No. Because they do the arms race. Uh, <laughs> who, who, who is that one? Who is that one if it's not My Chemical Romance? Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco. Oh, come yeah. on, man. All the yeah. angsty white people aren't the same. That was a good song, though. It was a good song. My Chemical Romance, also a really good band. Black Parade. Which, what was their hit? That I'm thinking of. Um, I mean, they had a they had a bunch of pretty good ones here. Like, Come on now, you know you know there's only one that I would know. Uh, I'm not sure what the one. 
I'm just thinking like whatever one rose to the top, like whatever one was the one that hit the now now seven CD. Um, Welcome to the Black Black Parade was probably one of the ones that did that. Doesn't ring a bell. It ring a bell. All right, let's move on. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not White Stripes or Jack White, so I'm I'm I'm, <sighs> I'm cool on it. All right, let's get to this, Brandon. Um, Yesterday in the NFL, Deshaun Watson's hearing concluded before the NFL and the NFLPA's jointly appointed disciplinary officer, Sue Robinson. It was three days, started Tuesday morning, ended Thursday evening. Uh, According to Dan Graziano, Robinson asked for post-hearing briefs, which will be due the week of July 11th. There's no set timeline for Robinson's decision. A source told Graziano that Robinson is expected to take her time and that either if the union or the league appeals the decision, Commissioner Roger Goodell or his uh, designee will issue a written decision that will constitute full, final, and complete disposition of the dispute per Article 46 of the Collective Bargaining Agreement, that judge, jury, and executioner thing that Roger Goodell has in the CBA. So, Brandon, I know I joked about it and I still maintain at some point the NFL is going to try and dump this news. It appears that it will not be today, more than likely, if you're listening to this podcast on July 1, but we are towards the end of this now. The information has been laid out here. We've seen a lot of you know leaks and reports about what the length of the suspension might be. The words indefinite have been thrown out there. A mm-hmm. year, which I've been talking about for a while and others seems to be bantered about, but one way or another, we'll have an answer to this soon and... If you're the NFL, I'd imagine it's going to still be, again, I've said it a million times, pushing for a year and then seeing if the PA will try and walk you back at all on that. Yep, and the Browns still need a quarterback. And yeah. he'll make, what, was it $45 million next year, regardless of how long he sits? Well, the the way his deal was structured next year was actually supposed to be the smallest amount because in their mind and in a lot of people's mind, it was structured that way with the idea that he may miss a lot of games, which people mm. also thought was sort of underhanded dealings from the Cleveland Browns, understanding as they brought this player over, yeah, we're willing to absorb this bad year, so... That's where we stand at that now, Brandon. Um, I'm going to be truly interested in how the NFL goes about displaying this news and how they communicate this and what kind of verbiage they use to send a message. Because again, this is a league that has notoriously dealt with these situations poorly, has maybe the biggest example of this we've seen since Ray Rice. Like that, It doesn't feel out of turn to say that based on a case in Ray Rice that certainly was heinous in its own heinous in its own way had a video to go along with it that was jarring to a lot of people this had a sheer volume of case it had the most important position in football so the NFL's got its work cut out for you and we will keep you updated on when that information actually ends up coming to light Brandon let's get to that Because since we had so much damn sports, we had to kind of leave that for a little bit here. And I thought this was wild. You brought up this article. The US FCC commissioner wants Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their app stores. Brendan Carr, one of the FCC's commissioners, shared on Tuesday via Twitter letter to Apple CEO Tim Cook and Alphabet CEO Sundar, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, uh, Pachai. I apologize if I am not pronouncing that right, that pointed to reports and other developments that made TikTok non-compliant with the two companies' app store policies. They didn't immediately respond for comp, uh, respond to CNBC for comment. The letter dated June 24th said if Apple and Alphabet do not remove TikTok from their app stores, they should provide statements to him by July 8th. And 
Brandon, this sounds eerily familiar to what we heard, I believe, around the time of the pandemic, that they believe that this is an app that is being that's owned by the Chinese company ByteDance that they believe is being used to monitor U.S. citizens. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, it seems it seems so crazy. But what's the thing that we used to get told all the time? If a product is free, then you're the product. You know, you, and, you know, that's the same thing with Twitter. Obviously, we get all our ads and things like that. But TikTok is one of those. It's like, I mean, they got to be getting something because it seems like they're giving everything up uh, for, for nothing in advance. But it sounds like that they are uh, going through. ByteDance is taking saved passwords from all the people who are on TikTok, not just the things that your TikTok accounts are connected to, the things that your phones are connected to. It's the same type of uh what privacy breaches that zoom had at the beginning of the pandemic and they were paying out people who had premier subscriptions to zoom uh me being one of them for for having my content being spied on uh quite frankly from from the the chinese government so i think that this is <laughs> another instance for america to show its true self and it's it's true ass because if this gets pushed around and it's like, hey, guys, we really need you to delete your TikTok because it's putting Americans in danger. I think a good majority of Americans are going to be like, OK, so you're saying I can't update TikTok or I'll lose it. Right. There is <laughs> no chance. It didn't work the first time. It's not going to work this time. And part of it is I think there's also just too much noise around other things right now, like. You've got mm. climate concerns. You have got reproductive rights in the U.S. on the line. You've got all of these things that are constantly bearing down on people where we're still dealing with coronavirus as well. Like, this is going to be one of those things where this app has the unique combination of short continuing to deal with our short attention span, giving us awesome dopamine hits. And now you mentioned we're the product. There is so much advertising money in TikTok. People are going left and right to make sure brands can get to you on this spot because it's a format that people can sit and easily digest. Ain't no way that's going anywhere. This is all dangerous and scary, and I wish we would all take it more seriously, but I feel like I know us pretty well as a public enough to know that they tried this once. It felt like everyone stepped away for a little bit, and then much like me when I would pick up just one slice of banana bread, I end up walking back for the whole loaf. Mike, they, are, they have TikTok commercials out here in these streets. Whenever they have interracial couples in their kitchen laughing, talking about something on the phone, money is being put towards that campaign and they not stop no time soon. Hell, I've Googled some damn TikTok videos after seeing the commercials on them. Like this is Oh, I look up songs I hear on the there end. all the time. I look up songs I hear on there all the time, man. They have like got their is, hooks in. As much as the uh, USC and UCLA moving to Big Ten, as much as Kevin Durant wanting to get out of Brooklyn, demanding a trade, this is as seismic as it. That's what I'm saying. Apocalypse is happening. This yeah, is this is I all mean, this is all fire rain. In in a number of different ways. Everyone it, it, enjoy enjoy your holiday weekend. Please put put off use use this weekend as a means to like step back from the impending apocalypse and just enjoy yourself for a little bit. Speaking of fire rain, be careful with your fireworks out there, people. Yeah, no, it's always a good reminder. Fourth of July weekend, please be safe. We care about you, and we want you coming back on Tuesday with all four, all five fingers. I almost said all mm, four fingers. You. Shout out to JPP. Brandon, before we get to the holiday weekend, let's get to the third here. Because your doubting ass got shown the fuck up. 
Brandon Hayden ass Newman. Oh my gosh. Thought look, I wouldn't I drive to Irvine, California to get okay. my hands on the new Taco Bell Cheese It collaboration. And boy, oh boy, folks, was he wrong. I'm I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you cook. I'm gonna let you get your shit off. But I didn't see no Supreme Crunch Wrap Cheese It concoction, which makes me think, hmm, maybe supplies didn't last. Well, Brandon, I will say this. This is what happened in my experience. I went there. Shout out to my friend, Elika Sadegi, who also joined me on this venture. I went there friend and, the yeah, I had the Cheez-It Tostada, which was the 16 times normal size Cheez-It covered with the, you know, accoutrements on the top there, lettuce, ground beef, salsa, what have you. Had that. Great. The the I will say the Cheez-It did not sacrifice any taste as it grew in size, which was encouraging. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. But I've never dealt with a soggy cheese. It. It wasn't soggy. Things. It wasn't soggy. It, I Brandon, it just sat on that thing like a paper plate. I, Brandon, I promise you, it still had great break to it. When you would pick it up, it would snap off, and you could get pieces of it. It was honestly. How did you eat it? Spork? No, I grabbed it with my hands. I'm not a baby. I'm just spork. <laughs> Babies should not use forks. Uh, but <laughs> so, but Brandon, to your point about the cheesy gordita crunch version of this, or the, sorry, the crunch wrap supreme version of this. Yes, it was advertised online. When I got to the store, I was concerned that supplies didn't last because when I went to the digital menu thing and clicked on it, it wasn't there. Then I looked up at all the imaging in the store and realized it wasn't being advertised. Now this is available over the next couple of weeks, so I don't know if they were slow rolling that. Not wanting to do oh, too much no, too no, soon, but I'll tell you, Brandon, I did it. What do you mean? I mean, I did a little surgery while I was there, and I got myself Stop. an extra cho- cheese at tostada and a crunch wrap supreme, and Stop. I opened that some bitch up. I inserted the cheese it inside, and let me tell you what: when you have got the chance, the tostada was good, and it was nice to see the cheese it. The Crunch Wrap Supreme with the cheese it inside, that thing came to the party. It showed up to the party with sunglasses. It's holding a couple of 30 racks. It just asked if you wanted to go play Ultimate in the quad tomorrow because it was going to be a nice day. That thing was the coolest guy you have ever met. Really? And I was thrilled to meet it. Thrilled. He came with a Crave case, or I guess in this, in this instance, on a party taco case. He's the guy that shows up in like every ad where it's like, hey, and everyone in the party's pointing at it. That is the Cheez-It Crunchwrap Supreme on full Well, I'll say the the Frankenstein Cheez-It Crunchwrap Supreme that you created, but still. Hey, listen, I will do a lot in the name of science and research. There were people, namely you, that doubted me, that doubted my commitment to this, that doubted if I could get it done. And Brandon, once again, I rose up and I showed you that I'm about that life. You did. You did. I wish I knew Elika was involved because I would have thought about where she lives and like, okay, maybe because anytime there's a friend involved, you're down. So like I I was, I was, I'm not even going, I ain't going, I ain't going to preface. I was wrong. I'll take, I'll take it on the chin. I'll take it on the chin. You went and got your, your cheese it on at Taco Bell. You did them things. And I, and I feel like I know when you did it too, because not that you like, we have a rhythm of how you respond to my text messages, but there was a, a pocket within these last couple of days where you was responding a little, a little late. And I was like, I wonder if this motherfucker, I'm, I wonder if he's cheesing it. I wonder if he Taco Bell cheesing it. 
I made moves. I made moves, and I made it happen. So if you're in the area and have a chance, I highly suggest it. And if not, okay. I hope this thing makes its way nationwide and you all get to experience its glory. That's what I was going to ask you. I was like, do you think it You think it has that staying power? It's gonna, was it good enough that they're going to push it nationwide? Because, you know, if it, it's only one location, then they, they, really, they really are just testing the market. I think it's gonna. Ha- I think it's gonna make it. I think you will be seeing it at a Taco Bell near you, and I wish that for you, and I hope that for you. So, let us all walk confidently into this weekend, knowing that anything is possible if you put your mind to it, including mm. making a cheese it cheesy uh, che- or crunch wrap supreme. I think. I think now talking about speaking into the future. I can't wait for that white cheddar super cheese it. Mm, mm. Won't he do it, Brandon? Won't he do it? Oh, he will. Uh, he will. And won't you do it? You made it this far into the podcast. You listened to this whole damn monstrosity here. We appreciate it. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. We know it was a lot today, but man, it was a lot to dive into. It was one of those fun days to come to work and to get to do this. Thanks for rocking with us. Everybody have a safe, enjoyable 4th of July weekend. If you're traveling, if you're with your family, if you're using fireworks, Please take care of everybody. Make sure you can all leave the weekend in one piece, happy and healthy. And we'll talk to you next week.